This is a Be Good Indie Arts podcast. Follow us at BGI Arts to learn more. Chatterboxing is a unique show and may not always be for everyone. With varying themes and subject matter each episode, listener discretion is advised, and content warnings can be found in the episode description. Thanks. Welcome to Chatterboxing, the miscellaneous podcast with just three guarantees. Excellent storytelling, engaging conversations, and an ever-changing premise. I'm your host, independent artist and incessant conversationalist, Jesse Bloodgood, and it's time to chat. So I like to talk, hope you like to listen, cause I ain't gonna stop, I'm a man on a mission, it's Chatterboxing, yeah, it's Our opening chat for today is actually an errors and omissions for last episode. Uh, Just two notes, really. One of them a lot more egregious than the other. Now, first off, I I guess I just need to admit, I took down a couple of episodes uh, just before I decided I was going to publish new ones as we uh, got done with our little hiatus I was on. I, I, I didn't like the format of the Christmas music episode because it's it was really alienating for anyone that didn't have Spotify Premium. You would just only hear a little bit of a song played rather than the whole song, and so it really kind of cut the episode up into bits and pieces that were really weird. And I didn't like that, especially because it felt like I was endorsing people to go buy Spotify Premium. Uh, fuck Spotify. Uh, I mean, I have Spotify Premium. It's how I get most of my musical, or honestly, most of my podcast listening done. Uh, But, you know, I'm a part of the problem. Still, Spotify helped create the problem. So, you know, I'm not endorsing it, but also this is like one of the only two places that you're going to find this podcast. Maybe I shouldn't talk too bad. They don't even know that my podcast exists. Let's be real. Spotify has my podcast on their platform. They don't know that it exists. So anyway... I took that episode down, and so I got a little takedown friendly, and I took the episode after that down because it was kind of by association. It was like this little Christmas rant about uh, the song Holly Jolly Christmas. And I was like, well, wait, dude, why would you take that one down? There's no real reason. You you were just in like a negative mood and wanted that other song gone. So I was like, okay, I'll – not song. That other podcast gone episode. And so I was like, all right, I'll put that back on, but you know what? I might as well do it kind of two birds in one stone, just do like put this episode back up and then publish the new one. I didn't realize, I guess I I would have realized had I had any bit of forethought, but I hadn't been thinking about it. By doing this, by republishing the episode, I happened to make it look like I published two episodes on the same day even though one of them had already been published like four months ago and it's a Christmas themed episode. And I noticed, I just casually looked at the uh, the listenership count for that episode and it went up one, which means somebody, somebody thought that it was a new episode and started listening to it. And either they, either they realized it wasn't because they'd already heard it or even better, they hadn't heard it yet. And all of a sudden I start talking about fucking Christmas music. That is just excellent. Uh, so I'm sorry that that happened, but also if that hap- if that was you, uh, like that's so funny. That's so funny that it happened to you. And I and I, you know, 
I wish it hadn't, but also, isn't that funny? <laughs> okay, anyway, the other thing, the real egregious thing, because, of course, that wasn't a big deal, right? You know, I, I misled my viewership, right, or listenership. You know, no, no big deal, right? Uh, okay, uh, joking aside, the real egregious thing, joking aside, is that when I entered the final chat in the last episode, I didn't do the self-echo effect. I mean, isn't that... Isn't that just fundamentally wrong? I, I if you're a long-time listener, first-time caller or not, just long-time listener, you know that when the final chat comes, it's it's not the final chat, it's the final chat. And and for me to not do that on my first episode back, maybe is is it a mulligan? Do I get an excuse for that? Do I get like a, you know, a little bit of leniency? Or is it a slap on the wrist because, oh, you should have known. If you're going to make a reappearance on this podcast, you've got to know the ropes. You've got to at least get the final chat. Correct, right? Okay. I don't know. Write in. Write to me at uh, chatterboxingpod at gmail.com. I have yet to receive an email. If anyone's wondering, I have yet. That is actually a real email address, and I don't expect to receive any emails. I mean, I've gotten a few random things from Google, like, oh, look at our new security settings. Now we're allowed to watch you on the toilet. Just As long as you keep your Google account, you affirm that this is okay. I was like, okay, whatever, Google. But uh, I have yet to receive any bit of actual uh, interaction from anyone that listens through the the Gmail, but I love the fact that it exists because I know that I don't check it often enough. Well, I mean, maybe I check it just often enough because there's never anything there, but I know I don't check it as often as someone who would be serious about, you know, a, a podcast email account would check their podcast email account so I'm waiting for like four months from now, me to something about four months hiatus, and then me four months from now checking this email account and finding someone has a question about the podcast or something like that, and I'm like, oh, and I kept mentioning it every episode. <laughs> All right, you know what? Yeah, I think we should do. I think we should introduce a new segment, and I have no idea how this is gonna go. I think it's gonna go great. I'm really excited about it. In fact, this is the most excited I've been about introducing a new segment, which I don't do very often, but I should do it more often being that this is a podcast that's both miscellaneous and, uh, well, has an ever-changing premise. So why not? What better time than to do that right now and introduce something new? Uh, I think I'm going to call it investigating, though I do need to have a little bit of a disclaimer. My investigation on this is not perfect, this topic, but yeah, so just come along with me on this little ride. You'll you'll get the vibe of what's going on, what this whole segment's about. But basically, I discovered something, thought it was hilarious, and looked into it a little bit. This is investigating. I happened to come across a picture I took a while back that made me laugh. It's a screenshot from the game Heroes 3. Oh, shit, I knew I was going to say that wrong. I knew I was going to say that wrong. It is a screenshot from the game Heroes of Might and Magic 3, sometimes shortened to Heroes 3, but but I screwed it up. It's an old computer game, a nerdy old computer game, somewhat akin to Dungeons and Dragons. For those unfamiliar with the gameplay, literally the only thing that you actually need to know, for context reasons, 
is that the game is turn-based and each turn is a day. Now, I would love to get into all the lore. Honestly, I would get in over my head because I have not played nearly enough heroes to truly be a hero of uh, of describing the games. That was bad, but we'll leave it in as well. Uh, but it's, they're a lot of fun and kind of timeless to me, these games, at least this particular one. And it would be great for me to just sit here and talk to you for days and days about some very nerdy shit. But all you need to know, essentially, is this is a turn-based uh, turn-based fantasy game. And each day is a turn. And with there being seven days a week, of course, the beginning of each new week comes with some sort of news or bonus or sometimes nothing but like a, a random update that means virtually nothing to you. For instance, at the start of the week, you might get a message from one of your emissaries that, yeah, it's a fucking nerdy game. You might get a message from one of your emissaries that the enemy has moved their forces closer to your border or something to that effect, giving you some kind of added story element that keeps you a little bit more interested. Even if the CPU, like if you're playing against the computer, they might not even do what the game tells you they're doing. Usually they do, and it's actually kind of a nice hint. But sometimes it's just like, oh yeah, one of your scouts comes back with an arrow in his back, and he has just enough breath to tell you that blah, 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 and then he dies. It's like, okay... That just got me all, like, spiced up to fight the enemy. That's all I really care about, right? Like, that's the whole point. Or just, it's interesting. I mean, I guess that was kind of an interesting description. But, you know, there's there's some of them that aren't so gory. Anyway, one message you always receive at the beginning of the week reads, and this is a pretty close quotation, uh, and... And honestly, it shouldn't be pretty close. I should just go back and look at the picture right now and read it word for word. But I'm not going to. Because I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> okay, so here's here's my pretty damn close quote from this game from 1999 that I need you to hear to understand the rest of this investigating. And I know it should be called like it's, investigation would have been the proper terminology there, but investigating is the name of the segment. So anyway, it's like story timing. Here's the quote: Enough suspense. Astrologers have proclaimed this the week of the, and then insert creature here, said creature, populations are doubled for the week. So basically, like, it'd be like, astrologers have proclaimed this the week of uh, podcasters. Uh, Podcaster populations are doubled for the week. It's kind of a useful thing to pay attention to because sometimes it does affect the gameplay. So for instance, if the creature listed as a playable unit, like an orc or a pikeman or an elf or something like that, you might run into the... I sound so nerdy. You might run into these creatures more during your adventures and maybe even recruit more yourself if that happens to be uh, the, the type of kingdom that you are building. But sometimes the game mentions regular old animals that have like virtually no effect on the game. I mean, emphasis on virtually. It's a game. But yes, no effect on the game. For instance, the week of the aardvark or the jackal. Like those are not playable creatures. Like you can't use those units in the game to fight other heroes. They just don't exist. I think there might be one for the rats and maybe even one for a beetle. That one always makes me laugh. It's like it's the week of the beetle. It's like, "Oh, did we did we see a handful of them?" 
It's like, oh yeah, they're in town. They're playing a a slew of shows. She loves you. Yeah, yeah. Or like, oh yeah, there's a ton of them. Fucking overran the storehouse. Like, we gotta burn that place to the ground. <laughs> Populations are doubled. All right. So now the screenshot in question is a photo of. It's not really a screenshot. It's a picture of my screen. So I guess it's not a screenshot, but it's a shot of a screen. So I'll call it a screenshot. It's a picture of one of these astrologer week messages. Okay. I took a picture of it and sent it to a friend because knowing they had never played the game or even heard of it, I thought this would be a funny random thing for them to receive from me. I was right, but also, like, astrologers are proclaiming it is the week of the squirrel? (laughs) How silly, right? I thought it was. And I also thought, seeing this photo today, what if I made an episode called the week of the squirrel and just talked about squirrels? Then I thought, there might already be a thing called the week of the squirrel. The internet is so vast and strange, and there are also so many unique cultures in the world. Either this was a legitimate thing somewhere, or someone somewhere may have decided to make a joke about it already. And so I thought I would at least give it a try, check it out first, before I did it myself. So I googled week of the squirrel. And by God, you won't believe the gold that I found. There is a columnist by the name of John Kelly who writes for the Washington Post. Mr. Kelly is important to our conversation because for some reason, he writes a lot of columns about squirrels every year during the course of a week's span. Now now get this. It's perhaps unfair for me to call this segment investigating because good investigative journalism would at least have led me to find out just exactly why he does this but that part is not important because yes i googled a week of the squirrel and yes john kelly's 12th annual squirrel week feature popped up as my number one search result my mouth watered when i saw this my thoughts traveled the map on what possibilities might lie on the other end of this link click Could this be the Post's version of Shark Week? Essentially a great value version of the product, packaged with rodents rather than cartilaginous aquatic predators. How brilliant. And upon clicking the link, I found that this article, which was kicking off this year's Squirrel Week, was written, I mean published, just a few days ago. And that means... That means, I cannot stress enough, that means that this week, this very week, is the week of the squirrel. The astrologers never get it wrong. So this first article that I found, this squirrel week opener for 2022, it's going to be linked in the show notes. You can check it out and see for yourself. The curious thing about it, I mean, above all other things, the curious thing that I was really interested in, and I'll admit I skimmed it, so maybe I just missed this, But the curious thing about it when skimming is that I couldn't find out why there was a squirrel week, which rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, honestly. In fact, I didn't at first glance even see any reference to the original one, which would have been back in 2011 doing the math. And I feel like if you're writing a series of columns every year like this, the opening ceremony piece, this first piece you put out each year, should say something like, 
The time is upon us again. Squirrel Week is here. A silly joke that began back in 2011 when our very own John Kelly began documenting tales of squirrels, yada, 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 something, something, to provide context. Instead, the linked article just acts like I should know what Squirrel Week is. Like I had gone looking for this content and hadn't just stumbled upon it. But wait, wait just a second. Because holy shit, I did just go looking for it. I searched Week of the Squirrel. Maybe I do know what Squirrel Week is. It's the Week of the Squirrel. All squirrel populations are doubled. I am convinced that John Kelly played Heroes of Might and Magic 3. I'm convinced that he still plays. Brilliant. So this spellbinding article I keep talking about, it's actually entitled Kicking Off Squirrel Week 2022 with Some Squirrels in the News. It's, it's actually kind of interesting, aside from, you know, my, my critique of it at a, a 10,000 foot view. What I did happen to notice is that basically it's discussing squirrel attacks. These are all these squirrels getting in the news. Yes, squirrels attacking humans, exactly what I just said. Kelly makes the great point during this uh, interesting article that while these creatures coexist with us more often than not, and we humanize them and act like they are adorable little buggers just two steps away from domestication, they are indeed wild animals. And wild animals defend themselves. Wild animals don't get our social cues. Wild animals do wild animal things. And that's, honestly, that's a thing that I feel like sometimes we lose track of when we're just thinking about certain certain species that we kind of project our, uh, our general stereotype upon. No one's really threatened by a squirrel, but if you read some of the stories in these articles, if you get past the laughter of thinking, oh, that was a squirrel did that, it's like, oh my god, this person got, like, fucking bit by a wild animal. That's horrible. So, you know, Kelly makes a good point. The part that tickles me, though, while, no, wild animal attacks are not funny, it's it's that most of the referenced attacks involve situations in which the victim had previously named the squirrel. I'm not making this up. Read the article. In one account, a woman had reportedly been feeding a squirrel routinely, which, I mean, that's you've, you're kind of inviting yourself in to have a whole tooth situation if you're feeding it. Uh, but anyway, sh- she had named it Little Buddy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I won't blow all the good and disturbing bits, but... Huge spoiler, little buddy, uh, in quotes, terrorized her. And she later learned that the creature had reportedly been involved in 17 other attacks. 17. That's fucking wild. Literally. In, in multiple meanings of the world, world, in multiple meanings of the word, that's wild. So after seeing how interesting this whole Squirrel Week thing could be, I really did want to learn more. And what I found mostly is that Googling just Squirrel Week casually only tends to lead you back to this recent article and a couple others. Otherwise, you need to include a year on the search to find past articles, at least on the first page. Uh, and who knows, SEO's all crazy and shit, so don't test me on that. Like, if you're going to go and, like, try it out yourself and you get every single... Uh, 
every single thing you get for that query, you get Squirrel Week, like, good for you, all this Washington Post stuff. But actually, I did find that if you click on John Kelly's, uh, the the uh, author's name on that article, you will find a series of recent writings. But also, he writes other stuff, so, you know, you can kind of get into a bit of a rabbit hole, a bit of a squirrel hole uh, doing that. So I, I chose not to do that. Anyway, uh, the big feature for Squirrel Week, from what I could tell, is actually just what you would expect based off the name, a photo contest of adorable or crazy little squirrely squirrels. Uh, Kelly has readers submit their squirrel photos. I even saw like a Twitter post, because this is going on like this week. This is a thing that happened this week. I cannot stress enough. This is a real world thing that I and my like fucking 10 listeners did not know was a thing and now we are all like minutes behind it <laughs> um so yeah he i saw like a twitter post like you know if you search uh sometimes if you just search something it'll just like show the twitter feed just like in the search which is like a, a post or two and it's just like a way of them trying to get you to check out the twitter um kelly was like soliciting people uh to to submit photos <laughs> in this is this tweet anyway i looked through the year's winners and i've got to say squirrels are fucking cute and weird as shit uh there's some great photos uh so maybe i'll if i can find it again i will link that in the show notes as well if not it's not hard to find because like the only other real attainable uh link you're gonna find if you just search like squirrel week uh photos or john kelly or something like that washington post probably anyway my investigative journalism, or the lack thereof, ran into a roadblock when I finally located what I believe to be the first ever Squirrel Week article. And again, I'm saying I believe that. I, I, this is like, this is like an hour of research, if that, and it was very casual. I was, I was more so trying to hold back laughter than anything. Uh, like I was, I had not really dug in the way I probably should have. But anyway, the article is entitled. Where did DC's bless this is 2011 article? Where did DC's black squirrels come from? Blame Canada. So, so I assumed this was a piece covering an influx of dark-furred squirrels migrating into the DC area, presumably from Canada, right around the the turn of last decade. Which okay, that makes sense. That that's worth writing about. You know, it's news. But I couldn't confirm that this was the true origin story behind Squirrel Week, because upon clicking on the article, I was very all too soon redirected to an ad wall, informing me that if I wish to read the rest of the article, I need to subscribe to the Washington Post. Sorry, you've gotten enough publicity. I'm not paying you. You should be paying me, because uh, I'm gonna attach this thing in the show notes for people to check out. Yeah, you're gonna get like a couple of couple of new readers for half a minute. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't pay. And so I didn't get to learn all the good details. I mean, I probably could have reached out to John Kelly. I'm sure. I'm sure if I told him I'm doing a podcast about Squirrel Week, he probably would have at least given me a response. Uh, maybe? I don't know. I don't know him. But I would have if I invented Squirrel Week. I would be all about getting other people to talk about it. Anyway. I felt that it was not only not worth it to pay for the Washington Post subscription, but also some stories are better when you only have part of the details, and I think this is one of them. The only detail I caught before the ad wall hit was 
the opening line of the article, and again, I'm not making this up. This is how the twenty the original piece, as far as my knowledge goes, the 2011 piece began. Squirrel ho! The final chat, 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 I just think the most interesting thing about what we just talked about is the timing of it all. The fact that I needed an episode topic, and it came to me by way of virtual astrologers from a fantasy PC game published in 1999. By the way, those those virtual astrologers, you never even see them. All you get is this message. It's the only time you ever even hear about them. They somehow conspired with John Kelly. Tell me he wasn't playing this game. Tell me he is not still actively playing Heroes 3. They conspired together to create this whole, you know, the goofy series of articles beginning in 2011, and then in full swing, it all is right here for me to make this podcast for you in 2022. The same week. What are the odds of that? And it's just, I, I want to say incredible. I just, I think it was destiny. I think, I think the astrologers, I just, they always knew. Seriously, though, it's just so silly that all that connected together and and became an episode on this podcast and I was so excited for this I was so excited to record this thing because it was just like so stupidly well connected or maybe that's just my opinion and you guys are gonna listen to this and be like what the fuck is going on maybe that that might be what happens but anyway this is all just more evidence that Heroes 3 is timeless and in my opinion we're doing really good work here at Chatterboxing you the listener uh, me, the Squirrel Week investigator, or uh, amateur Squirrel Week investigator, I guess I should say, because I, I probably could have found a lot more details if I put my put my back into it. But you know what? It was the lack of details I think that made this so much fun. Uh, my name is Jesse Bluggood. I am an incessant conversationalist and independent artist your host of this podcast, Chatterboxing. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Please, 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 if you get a chance, rate the show on Spotify or Anchor. I don't even know if you can do that on Anchor. I've I've got literally no clue. I just record this. Like I, I do not spend nearly enough time trying to figure out the logistics of this thing because, well, if I get into it, I might get pissed off. So I won't. But I will say I do appreciate everyone who has reached out about the latest episode, The Return to all of this uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful podcasting experience. I'm just kind of rambling here, but you know what I mean. I am so thankful that you have taken the time to start listening again or start listening for the first time to Chatterboxing. It means a lot to me. Hopefully we can get some guests back on the show. I've got some, I've got some feelers out for some really good guests, and I know that we enjoyed uh, our last season's guests those were some really good episodes. So in the meantime, please wait. Please listen to old episodes if you have the time and haven't gotten a chance to check them out yet or just want a little bit of a refresher. And uh, I will see you again soon for our next chat. This is a Be Good Indie Arts podcast. Follow us at BGI Arts to learn more.